You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. Welcome to week 10. Today's teaching is the conclusion of our study on the first half of Exodus. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. So you made it all the way to the end. Way to go, guys. I am just praising the Lord for his faithfulness and for your perseverance. I know there's a lot of variables that go into being a part of a group like this for so many weeks. So just know that it has been a joy to be in the word with you. So you know that last page of your homework each week where you were asked to come up with some main points? That was by far the most difficult part for me. Anyone else? Okay. I love to be in the details, but I would just as soon skip that summary work at the end, which is why I'm the perfect person to do the wrap-up today, right? (laughs) Uh, It's ironic. When we were creating the format for the workbook, uh, finding main points in historical narrative didn't even make sense to me. I was like, this isn't Paul's writing in the New Testament, you know, where there's a logical progression of thought. I'm like, this is Exodus. It's a story. But it finally clicked when I realized that those main points are essentially timeless truths that God is revealing through the story. I hope you've seen that. It's these truths that build our framework for who God is, of humanity, and of his purposes in the world. And when it comes to understanding scripture, we gotta be in the details but we also need to step back and take in the big picture. As I was thinking about this in preparation for today, I just had to laugh at how the Lord has grown me in this area. So I spent the majority of my life with a very thorough but fragmented knowledge of the Bible. And it wasn't until recently that God just opened my eyes to see the connectivity of the whole story from Genesis to Revelation. And it's now one of the things I'm most passionate about when it comes to the word, but it's not my natural strength. So I just say this as an encouragement to you to press into those difficult aspects of studying the word because the Lord will do his work through that. There is no time or effort of yours that is wasted in his word. So perhaps the most important timeless truth we hope you are taking away from the study is a broader and deeper understanding of God's character. It's one thing to know his attributes. It's another thing to see them on display in a story. God didn't just declare himself to be sovereign. He proved his authority over all of the created world and even the very heart of Pharaoh. He didn't just declare himself to be faithful. He made good on his covenant promises from centuries before. And isn't the Lord so kind to demonstrate to us how he can be both and, that he can be both just and merciful. He can be both transcendent and near. Think of how difficult it would be to grasp these complexities if we didn't have these stories that show us by example. 
I wish we had time to hear from each one of you what attribute of God has been just impressed upon your heart in a new way this semester. But regardless of your answer, know that real life is going to push against this belief. There will be times when it seems like God is no longer sovereign. He's no longer faithful or near. But this record of his character stands. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we just hope and pray that your time in Exodus will just deepen your confidence in his unchanging nature. And as we mentioned before, one reason we chose Exodus is because we care deeply about your biblical literacy, which just means we want you to know what's in your Bible. Exodus is so unique in that it's this critical point in the whole story of scripture, but it also encapsulates the story of redemption within itself. We've seen that. Remember how Chris said that the Hebrew people look back and remember and celebrate the Exodus in the same way that we look back in remembrance and celebration of Christ. This was the linchpin in their story, just like Christ is in ours. One commentator remarked, to study Exodus is to learn the theology of salvation. Hardly a single major doctrine was left out. God orchestrated these events and inspired their record to beautifully foreshadow the redemption that would be accomplished through Christ. Wasn't it amazing to see those parallels in your read through this week? Now, since we're going big picture this morning, I want you to step out from under situational application of the Exodus story. So what I mean is, we're not promised that he's always going to part the Red Sea of your circumstances or separate us from the realities of a sinful world. But understanding God's intention allows us to properly identify with this story. Do you know what application you can take to the bank? It's our deliverance from sin. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then the Exodus story is, in a sense, your story too. Even if God doesn't resolve a certain situation in your life, the way that you desire and pray for, don't forget what he has already done on your behalf. You were purchased from captivity, not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ. It's his perfect life and sacrificial death that atone for the sins that condemned us to death in the first place. You have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God to the praise of his glory. Saved from sin and death. Saved for the Lord. This is not just something that happened to us, but rather is to be the framework of our entire life and identity. So we've spent a lot of time focusing on the climax of this story, but don't forget the greater narrative that it's set into. The reality behind the events of Exodus is that God as the sovereign of the universe has purposed to establish his kingdom among his people. And nothing is going to change that. 
Yet humanity refused to submit to his good rule and his good design. We have really made a mess of things in our self-governance. But since Genesis 3, there has been an epic battle as God has advanced farther and farther in to redeem his own and to defeat evil. Do you hear those echoes of Exodus? We know how this story ends, but in the meantime, we live here in the already but not yet kingdom. We look back in remembrance on Jesus as our suffering servant, our Passover lamb. We take the bread and the wine, his body broken, his blood shed for us, proclaiming his death until he returns. But all the while we're looking forward to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the man of war, who will execute justice and usher us into the marriage supper of the Lamb. As believers, this is our framework for life. Do you understand? There's no greater reality than the kingdom of God. We know where we've come from. We know who we are. We know where we're going. Every aspect of our lives should be shaped by these truths. And we'll see this in Exodus 2 as God gives his people an identity and a purpose that align with his kingdom. The same is true for us. But the flip side of this kingdom is the not yet part, right? We're still here in this sin-sick world. And boy, do we feel the tensions of those kingdoms at war, even within ourselves, if we were to be honest. It's a fight to believe, and it's a fight to stay aligned to God, his story, and his kingdom. Did you notice in the application section, we specifically asked, when you wake up tomorrow, how will these beliefs affect your attitudes and actions? The truth must inform our daily lives. And contrary to all those optimistic t-shirts out there, I don't think you can choose your own emotions. But you can choose what to believe. And then your emotions and your perspective can be conformed to truth. And Exodus has been full of these foundational timeless truths such as God is sovereign and he is working his purpose in all things. He is faithful to make good on his promises every time. He is mighty to save even when things seem hopeless and he has redeemed us through the blood of Christ. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Evil will not have the final word. Do you believe this? Friends, this is security and this is stability for real life. But we are a forgetful people, are we not? We need a constant renewing of our minds to remember what's really real because the world is feeding us a million other stories. We are formed by what we're immersed in. So if you are glued to the news, or if we're glued to social media, 
we will begin to believe and then subsequently operate in an alternative story. We might, even we might not even realize it. And all those other stories are fraught with anxiety and fear and turmoil. <laughs> I know you felt this. It's because they lack the truth of God and his kingdom. Stay in the word, sisters. The truth of scripture is the only unbiased news source there is. Do you wanna know what's really real? It, it's here. And not only will you find security and stability, but you'll also find God himself. He's the real treasure. There is no lasting satisfaction apart from being joined to him. So this isn't just about checking Bible reading off your to-do list. This is about finding true life and true nourishment. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I realize the end of WBF can be disorienting. This structure provides you with consistency and connection so that when that all goes away, you might feel like you're floundering a little. We know that we need to stay connected to the word, but what does that look like after today? I want you to think of this in two simple categories. First of all, what will I read or study? And second, who with? Okay, it's that simple. First of all, where to be in the word. Here are a couple of ideas for you. You could go back to a section or a theme from this study where you still have questions or you wanna learn more. And now you have as much time as you want to dig in, okay? Um, you could continue on into the second half of Exodus. Get your feet wet there, okay? Do some preliminary study to continue on next year. I also think it's um, a good idea to reinforce content that's being taught at church. So if you come to LEFC here, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount in our sermon series. Spend some time in those three chapters really going deep. Or what's your ABF teaching? I'm also a big proponent of Bible reading plans, okay? This is that, I know they get a bad rap, but this is that broad overview, all right? So you could consider uh, starting or restarting a plan and then practice looking for God's character in whatever passage you're reading that day, okay? And then lastly, we do have a resource list that Molly is going to email out to everybody this week. So there's a lot of good stuff on there if you're just feeling stuck. Secondly, who will you connect with? This doesn't have to be a small group. It might just be one other friend or family member. You could choose to read or study the same content or just simply make a point to check in with each other regularly and share where you're at in the word and what the Lord is teaching you. Don't wait until our fall semester to develop a consistent habit of being in scripture. WBF is a sweet opportunity to gather and grow together, but it's not meant to be your only connection to the word. So I exhort you, make this a priority Ask the Lord to increase your desire for him. He promises that those who seek him will find. As this study comes to a close, it just seemed appropriate to end 
in worship. We've been reorienting to seek God first in the text. And to know him rightly is to love him deeply. Worship should be a natural response after considering the character of God. Additionally, Exodus 1 through 15 walked us through this uh, progression that we know well, bondage to redemption and finally deliverance. And what is the people's response in Exodus 15 but to sing a song of praise to God? So how much more should we who have been saved by the blood of Christ have a song to sing? Like Julie said last week, your circumstances might be completely overwhelming right now or just devoid of joy, but you can still choose to believe and you can still choose to declare who God is and what he has done. Psalm 96, one through four says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods.